We are counting down until it is football time in the bluegrass. It's right around the corner. Over the last 20 years, we fans have come to know one booming voice over the loudspeaker at UK home games. He keeps the crowd pumped and excited. And there is one call we all love to hear. Today, the man behind the mic at Kroger Field. From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. If you are a University of Kentucky fan and you are a regular at Kroger Field, then you're pretty familiar with our guest this week on Uniquely Kentucky. He's known for that booming first down Kentucky call, the public address announcer for the Wildcats for home games, Mr. Carl Nathy. Carl, how are you? Amber, thank you for having me on. I'm doing great. So first of all, we should say that you are semi-retired from part of your work at UK, but you're still going to continue to be the man behind the mic, right? Right. I work at UK Public Relations and Strategic Communications, as we call our office now. And I work there, I've worked there for 30 years, but just last month, as of July, as we, as we record this in late August, just about a month ago, I retired from full-time work after the 30 years at UK. And before that, 15 years in broadcasting, some of which was at one of the other television stations here in town, Channel 18. Mm-hmm. But I've been at UK for 30 years, still going to keep going, still going to do the football public address announcing, still going to do the UK at the half radio feature and a few other things for the office. But they've been kind enough to let me cut way back. Of course, that means you don't make as much in terms of your paycheck, but that's fine. Uh, It's been delightful. been able to visit the grandkids more, been able to see some of my family, extended family and uh, doing some traveling. So it's been very good. Carl, you started your job as the PA guy back in 1997. What's it like for you on the heels of another season? Are you just as excited as the rest of us? Oh, very much so. I always get excited for football season, but particularly now that the University of Kentucky is coming off a season where we not only won nine games in the regular season, but then defeated Penn State in the Citrus Bowl, in the VRBO, or now they call it Verbo, I guess, Citrus Bowl, and that was in Orlando. And that Penn State is a traditional power in football. And we didn't beat a slouch team last year. We beat a good team, and to go 10-3, and most wins in more than 40 years for the program. Plus, I think we're backing it up with year after year. We have good recruiting classes. They're getting better. We're starting to build some depth. The one thing, and I don't want to make noise to the microphone, but let's say figuratively speaking, knock on wood, the key for this team, but it's the key for just about any other year you can think of in football, football injuries can play a big part in your fortunes. Now, you have to have some depth, and Kentucky has more depth than we've had, but still there's some key positions that we need to stay healthy at. If we do, I think we're going to really do well and surprise a lot of these so-called national experts who are kind of underselling. They don't believe it. I think what they expect, based on the preseason predictions for national writers and broadcasters and some of the people in the SEC media, they seem to think, well, it's going to be back to Kentucky, five and seven or four and eight or six and six. I know there were years when six and six was great because it meant we made a bowl game, but six and six is not going to cut it anymore as far as University of Kentucky and fan support and so forth. And and I mean that in a positive way. This team expects a lot more of itself than that. They're not going to be content unless they match last year's team, and they got a lot to shoot for. A lot of people that have been red-shirted over the last couple of years that, in other words, where they've learned 
the playbook and they've learned the defensive schemes and they're just waiting. They're, they're just cracking to get out there to show what they can do and how they can be the next Josh Allen or the next Benny Snell. You know, when there is a lot on the line and you feel like you've got a lot to prove coming off of last year, and then let's be honest, I mean, we don't get a lot of national love. There are some guys that are really chomping at that bit to say, let us just show you what we can do, right? Oh, definitely. One is uh, Jamar Boogie Watson at linebacker. He's going to, I think he's going to have a big year. Of course, a guy that's gotten a lot of attention, Ash Daniel, number 56. He's going to be fun to watch. He, talk about a guy who brings it every play. He is all out, extra effort, and a tremendous, tremendous player. And I think we've got some other fellows that maybe people haven't heard too much of. Cordell Looney, I think, is going to have a big year on defense. The big question, it seems to be, that people are talking about is the defensive backfield because we're going to be somewhat inexperienced there. We lost a lot. Several guys got drafted from the defensive backfield that are either in the NFL or getting at least a chance to prove themselves to hopefully make an NFL roster. Uh, Devontae Robinson was one of the people expected back. Unfortunately, early in the fall camp, he suffered an injury, so he's going to be lost for the season. But we have some talented players, and we have a good defensive scheme, I think, and good coaches. It's just a matter of them stepping up and proving themselves. Carl, how much uh, preparation for you goes into before the season starts and then game by game for you up there in the booth? Well, I've been to a couple of the practices and scrimmages, and that's kind of what I do to try to get a look and see what they're up to, and they're kind enough to let me do that because, as we say, I'm on the home team. I'm not going to call up somebody else that we're going to play and tell them what we're doing. But I've been impressed with the effort, uh, with in, in the intensity of the practices that I've seen in the scrimmage players and I think this is a good thing even a couple of times I've seen like when they get after it with each other and they have to blow the whistle and maybe break them apart but that's because you get tired of beating up on each other and that means it's about time for the season to begin so I think they're getting to that point now I'm impressed with just the coaching staff the professionalism the way they go about their business and this is a real football program now I'm not saying that Kentucky has not been a real football program, but I think the way that we are carrying ourselves, the way when you look at the team, it looks like an SEC football team. And I think that that's what we're expecting is we're going to perform well in the SEC. We had our first winning record in the SEC in a long time last year, five and three. I'm not sure if we can do that because it's, it's, every year is tough. What I want to say is this, Amber, and I, I talk too much, so you, you interject anytime. I get going up, wound up about this stuff. But when you talk about Kentucky football and the Southeastern Conference, and when Kentucky fans, they'll look at the schedule, which is a fan's right to do, and they'll say, oh, it's a tough schedule this year, or oh, the schedule's favorable this year. I don't like to look at it that way. When you have a real football program, you just play them. You play who's ever on the schedule, and you don't worry about it. Now, are we going to win every one? That's going to be a tall order. But we should be have a chance in every ball game. And people are going to say, Carl Nathy, are you crazy? What about at Georgia? Well, if we've got a real football program, we should be able to compete with Georgia. I'm not saying we're going to go down to Sanford Stadium. I think it's October 19th and outright win the game. But it's possible. It's possible. And I look at the rest of the schedule. If you look at the individual games, I don't care if they're at Kroger Field or on the road, 
We should be in every ball game, and I think the toughest one on the schedule is the one I just mentioned, Georgia. But there's no reason that Kentucky cannot compete with everybody on that schedule. Absolutely, and it's been a long time before since we could get excited and talk about this and say it's a real possibility. So we should think that way going into every one of these we, games. You ha- if you don't, if you don't expect, you know, one of the reasons I think our basketball program over the years has been so successful is the expectation level is there from the coaches on down. We expect, our fans expect us to get national caliber players and then develop them. And I know basketball's a little different with the so-called one-and-dones, but still, we're getting high-caliber players. Coach Cal and his staff do a great job of bringing them along. But the fans expect every year that in basketball, we are going to be in the conversation for the national picture. Does that mean we're going to win a national championship every year? No. But... Like last year, we lost in the Elite Eight. We had some unfortunate uh, injury problems late. We we ran into a buzzsaw in that Elite Eight game. We we could have gotten to the Final Four. I think that that team last year was capable of winning it all. It didn't happen. The right things have to happen. You go back a few years in basketball, 2015, the team that was 38-0 probably was the best team in the country. But when you have a tournament... And it's single elimination like the NCAA basketball tournament, you're not always going to win it. But Kentucky's in the conversation. So some people doubt that Kentucky can be in the conversation in football. I'm not one of those people. I think we're building towards that, and just stay tuned. Carl, for game day at Kroger Field, what's the daylight for you in terms of being the PA guy? When do you get to the field? When do you get to leave? Well, in terms of getting prepared for the game, because we, we touch on that right now in the preseason, I like to watch some of the practices and study up on some of the players and, and read about uh, Kentucky. But the best thing you do is go out and watch some practices. But then as we get into the season, I'll spend probably three and a half to four hours during each week in preparation, getting the information from the opposing team, uh, studying up with the Kentucky players, which after you, you've been around Kentucky, I'll get to know them, but it's a different visiting team coming in virtually every week. First week will be University of Toledo. This next week I'll be in touch with their people, their sports information and media relations people to get ready for that. Then it's Eastern Michigan, then Florida, and we start getting into the SEC. One of the great things about the Southeastern Conference is, and I think Dave Baker and uh, the not well, I, I was going to say Rob Bromley. Of course, he's kind of retired. Like I'm semi-retired. We still claim him. Yeah, but but you know Rob and 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 Dave Baker know this, and and uh, Brian now at uh, here at Channel 27. The others, Southeastern Conference has some excellent people that work in sports information and media relations, and they're very good as far as providing the information that you need, the rosters, going over pronunciations, going over who are the key players to watch, and so forth. Give you a real good scouting report online as it were and then we get to sit down with them when i an individual game for instance the first game will be a noon kickoff i'll arrive at the stadium probably about nine o'clock and that's just to get there first of all you want to beat the traffic so leave early you can have a good time if you're a fan i don't tailgate beforehand for obvious reasons <laughs> but <laughs> i gotta have my wits about me when i do the game so but I'll get there about 9 o'clock as you beat the traffic. Get up there in the press box, get your stuff unpacked, get all set up, and you just get comfortable. Then I'll do some more preparation. I'll go over with uh, Susan Lax and Tony Neely, the K- Kentucky material. I'll go over the visiting team with their representative, say, first game, University of Toledo. 
usually they'll have a, a, a light meal up there in the press box. Probably do that about an hour and a half before the game. Then you just try to stay cool, calm, and collected and, and not let, let yourself get overly... It's kind of like uh, you have the butterflies. If you don't have the butterflies, something's not right. You've got butterflies, but they're kind of controlled. It's kind of a good thing. I think if you talk to, well, in, in your business, you, you better you better be up for the broadcast or it's not going to go very well. Also, you should always still have butterflies because that means that your head is still in the game, I think. Exactly. The day those go away, maybe that's the, exactly. the day you shouldn't be doing what you're doing, right? You, you, I, I believe that. You said it better than I did. Yes, that's exactly right. And I think if you talk to anybody, somebody that's an actor, you know, a stage actor or somebody that's on television or somebody that's doing any kind of whatever you want to call it it's still a you're reporting but it's a performance you have to be you have to have your mind in it and you have to have the energy without the key thing is and I try to be respectful of the opponents obviously I get a little bit more excited for Kentucky when things go right but I never want to belittle the opponent but I got to be careful not to get too excited. There might be a fantastic play by the opposition, but you know, it's not the same. If if somebody scores a 75-yard touchdown pass against us, it's not going to be the same level of excitement in my voice as if Kentucky has a 75-yard touchdown pass. Now, speaking of that, I mean, it is the best thing to hear over the PA system is the touchdown Kentucky, of course. But there's something very special about the first down Kentucky. And I think a lot of people associate that with you and something that you just started. But when I was researching, that really kind of came with you when you got the job from someone else, right? Well, it's interesting. The person that did the uh, public address at the then Commonwealth Stadium, now Kroger Field, for eight years before that I started doing it in 1997. But Doug Bruce did it for the eight years prior to that. And Doug also, many people know, as the voice of Rupp Arena for 18 years, now retired. But Doug actually was the guy that started first down Kentucky. And he did that for several years. Uh, at the, As I understand the story was that the then-president David Roselle it was one of Doug's early years doing it, and he said, we need somebody to something to get the crowd more excited. The fans aren't excited enough. And Doug came up with first down Kentucky. Well, when I took over, and C.M. Newton was the athletics director at that time, and the late, great C.M. Newton, and they wanted it straightforward, no first down Kentucky, just kind of be a reporter and more matter of fact. Well, that's what I did the first couple of seasons. Then early on in the third season, I got a phone call at my office, said, hey, Carl, what do you think about first down Kentucky? I said, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm great. I'd, I'd love to do it. And so we brought first down Kentucky back, and we've done it every year. I guess that was probably the start of the 99 season and been doing it ever since. Now, there are a lot of people that love it and appreciate your nice comments about mm -hmm. it. There are people that say, well, I wish we would... I hope we don't just celebrate first downs. Well, we don't just celebrate first downs. But I I'll tell you this. Of course, we're going to celebrate touchdowns. We'd say touchdown, Kentucky, just like Tom Leach does. But the thing about it is, if you go around to collegiate football stadiums, to pro football stadiums, if you listen closely on TV or radio in the background, virtually every game that you tune into anymore they are recognizing first down in some way or another. I'm not saying the trend started at Kentucky. I'm just saying that people, the, the fan experience 
people like to get excited. Most people that I talk to are appreciative of it. There are some people that say, well, I wish we weren't just celebrating first. It's not about just celebrating first downs. It's about keeping the crowd in the game. And, of course, the biggest celebrations are saved for touchdown Kentucky. Or what I literally love to do is give the final score at the end of the game when we win. I give it no matter what, whether we win or lose. But it's a lot more fun when we win and can talk about positive things. Well, I don't know who those people are that don't really love that. But, you know, back in 2018, Mark Story did an article in the Herald Leader asking, does UK have a defining game day symbol slash tradition and first down, Kentucky came in only behind my old Kentucky home. So I think that's just what people come to expect, and they love it, and we should celebrate it. So this question is courtesy of Sam Dick when we were talking about you coming in. He wanted to know your biggest blunder, if you have one, that you're willing to admit. Hmm. Maybe you don't have one of those because you are a consummate professional. Well, you're very kind. Uh, I have, I have a, I think, I think there was a game early on where – I just simply, in maybe in my first season, where I just simply misidentified the receiver that caught the pass for Kentucky and announced that over and then had to go back and say, no, it was the pass was complete to Amber Philpot. I'm using your name just because you're here. But there, there's been little things. There's things you, you wish you... you wish you could take back, but it's kind of like it's, it's like a live broadcast. You're, you're out there. As one news director I worked for, because I used to work do the kind of work you did, mm-hmm. but more, more in sports, but one news director, I thought he put it best, it's you out there before God and country. So, and it's live. You try to be at your very best. Sometimes the brain and the mouth, the brain has it, but the mouth doesn't cooperate. But I try to, one thing I was taught at an early age, when I do make mistakes... You try not to draw extra attention to them. It, it's like if you watch a television newscast. Sure. If you go on, if something, you're working with the control room and it's a, it's a team effort, if something doesn't pop up on screen when you expect it, well, rather than go on about it, you just get on with your business and say, we'll get to that in just a moment, and you continue, and the next thing, you know, nobody notices. But if you dwell on it or whatever. So that's one thing that I try to approach with that also we have a team effort in the booth, and I want to give some credit to the guys I've worked with for years. Two of them have been with me the whole time. This will be the 23rd season, but Donnie Atkins, who's a former athletics director in Fayette County and former head basketball coach for the boys a team at Lafayette for many years, won the state championship with Lafayette in 2001 as their head coach, and he is my spotter. And then also keeping the statistics like how many yards are gained on a play and where the ball's positioned on the field just to confirm all that, helping both me and the scoreboard operator. That's Mike Fannin. He was a a basketball coach at Beaumont uh, Middle School for many years, and he's now retired. But they're both still uh, helping me in the booth. And the scoreboard operator, uh, we had uh, one fellow that did it for many years. Last year, the last few games, it was Michael Stone, who works at the University of Kentucky. But anyway, it's a team effort. We all work together. You're gathering information. And people might say, well, why do you need a spotter? Well, a couple of reasons. I can watch when I'm announcing. I can pretty much watch the offensive plays. I can watch the quarterback, the running back, the receiver. Although occasionally you might get screened out. 
Spotter will help fill in that information if I don't get a particular number. But then as you're watching the play, you cannot watch, if you're watching a quarterback throwing to a receiver or watching a Benny Snell running, taking a handoff, running the field, you the even though it's in your field division, you're not really concentrating on that defender coming up. So what Donnie Atkins will do, he calls out a number, 55. And I've got my chart, and I know 55 is so-and-so and 55 on the tackle. And then Mike Fannin is saying, pick up of five yards, so that means it's second and five, and if they started at the 20, it's second and five at the 25. It's a team effort. And then they, you see that also portrayed up on the scoreboard. We all have to work together. We try to get it right, but we are human, and mistakes will be made. I think people forget that you've got to you've got to have both ears working simultaneously, almost you know, to different places, both eyes, all these places on the field, and it is it is difficult. So we understand and, that. And I we, understand that well, for you. Thank you, Amber. One other thing, I give credit to our our marketing department at UK Athletics because they all also coordinate. It's another team effort that those people are up there with us because when is the band going to play? What timeout do they play at? When is their event on, down on the field? Uh, Christy Thomas, mm-hmm. saying interviewing somebody. When are they doing a special spotlight honoring some academic uh, people, either students or researchers or you know professors, whatever? So all that has to be scripted, coordinated, and you got to do it kind of on a boom, boom, boom basis and... It's a, it's a lot of things. It's, it's, it, there are similarities to, to a, a television newscast, I might, I might say, in that regard, because it's, uh, it's live, and you've got it planned out, but... It's controlled chaos. It's controlled and chaos. anything can happen. That's right. You just have to roll with it. In your year since 97, um, greatest moment that you have witnessed? I, I'm sure it's hard to narrow them down, but... Well, I have I have several. I think I can reel off maybe three or or four. The very first one, the the great early one, was in my first season, third home game that I was doing. We hosted Alabama and we beat them forty to thirty four. That was Hal Mummy's first year. A lot of people forget because Hal Mummy, it didn't end so well for the Hal Mummy era. But Hal Mummy, when he came in here. He revitalized. He he got people thinking about offense. I mean, he it was the air raid and everything else. And '97, we did not have a winning season, but I'll tell you what, we had some great games. We beat Louisville in the opener, and then in that third home game, when we beat Alabama, it was a pass from Tim Couch to Craig East in overtime, and Tom Leach. If you you want to hear a great call. Uh, Touchdown and ball game to Kentucky. I mean, it was fantastic. And uh, Tom is a great, people should appreciate Tom Leach, great play-by-play man on radio for both the, the football and the basketball. But anyway, that's, that's memory number one. Then probably my least favorite memory, hard to bring it up. It's almost like a Christian Leitner-Duke game in basketball. <laughs> but 2002, mm-hmm. we apparently have LSU beat. And I guess the LSU people call it the bluegrass miracle. I rather call it the let's forget about it. But we apparently had that game won. A pass got tipped by one of our defenders. It went right into the hands of an LSU receiver. Touchdown with no time left on the clock. They win the game. So that's that's one good one, one terrible one. Then we fast forward in 2007 because we had beaten Louisville at their stadium 
in 2002. We lost in 2003, 4, 5, and 6. 2007, we had that, again, a great play. Stevie Johnson caught that pass, went in for the touchdown, and it was, for me, it was like a catharsis. It was like, I know you're, you're I'm, but I'm, I'm a fan, okay? I, I try to keep, keep it controlled and so forth, do my job, but, yeah, I like it when Kentucky wins. So that was a great moment. And then later that same season, 2007, with LSU, which then came in ranked number one. And I remember my late mother-in-law had been in town that weekend, and we had take, I had taken Friday afternoon off. My wife and I had taken her out to Keeneland. And on, at Keeneland, there were a lot of LSU people in town for the game. And I guess I had a U.K. shirt on or whatever. And they're giving, well, hey, enjoy today because it's not going to be too much fun tomorrow and stuff like that. I, you know, I just kind of smiled and said, okay, you know. And uh, even at a stoplight on the way home from Keeneland, one, one of them, uh, one of them rolled down there. They, maybe they were in a convertible, and I had my window down. But anyway, they said, "Hey, UK, uh, we're, we're looking forward to seeing you tomorrow." And they were they were very confident in their team. And next thing you know, Kentucky beats LSU. Great, great moment. Uh, that's probably those those two, the Louisville game and that LSU game, they still stand out. But many great moments during the Rich Brooks era. One great moment during the Joker Phillips era was beating Tennessee when uh, when uh, Matt Roark played in, the, in that game at quarterback and ran the ball so well. Um, and we've had some great moments in the Mark Stoops era that have been very, very positive. We've beaten South Carolina now, and people are, again, they're looking at that game, well, we got to go to South Carolina. Well, We've beaten them five seasons in a row. We've beaten them the last two times we've been down there and the last three times we've played them at Kroger Field. A lot of people thinking that South Carolina is going to handle us. Hey, we'll see on the field. We're not going to – our guys aren't going to talk. We're not going to trash talk, but we got to prove it on the field and made the better team win. Absolutely. Carl Nathy, we could sit here and we could talk football all day long, but you are a retired man, so you might have something else to get to. So I'm not going to keep you much longer. Well, it's this is delightful. I I love uh, if you if you hadn't figured that out already, I love to talk. So I just asked my wife she wishes I didn't talk as much. I'm a, I'm a gal that God bless her with the gift of gab. It's the only thing I know how to do, so I'm going to use it. Carl, one of the things that before I let my guests go, I always ask them, we chose to name this uniquely Kentucky for a multitude of reasons. But one of them, we just really wanted to talk to people about what makes Kentucky so unique and what makes us so great. And so from your perspective with the sports world and, and all of the work that you've done over the great many years that you've been doing this, what do you think makes us so unique? Well, thanks for asking, because I, my background, just to give you the, the capsule version, I was born in New York State and ended up graduating from the University of Maryland College Park right outside of Washington, D.C. After going back to my home state and working in local radio, I got a television job way out in Casper, Wyoming. And I was doing TV sports. A lot of nice people out in Wyoming had a great experience there, but we were far from home. Our first two children were born out there. I, we have three adult children. Our first two kids were born out there. We were out there for four years from 1981 to 85. Got the job in Lexington in the late fall of 1985 and was there at Channel 18 for four years. And Lexington was immediately a very welcoming place. The thing that impresses me most about Kentucky is the people 
and how friendly they are and how nice and caring and this community of Lexington that we live in, when something bad happens and people need to pull together, people do pull together. And that's kind of what makes it neat. And I think that's true of the entire state. Plus, it's a very pretty state. We are glad that you made the bluegrass home all these years ago. We're so thankful to have you. Folks, if you are listening and, and you're at that first UK game and you happen to see Mr. Carl Nathy, stop him and tell him thank you for what he does because I, I know he gets paid, but he also loves what he does. And we're thankful to have you because you make the game so extra special and you have for a great many years. So thank you, sir. Well, Amber, this was I, I was so delighted when, when I got the email from you the other day. And uh, this is just wonderful. I've been, enjoyed the heck out of it. You keep up the good work and we're proud to have you in Lexington. And I am appreciative of those kind words. Carl Nathy, I really do appreciate that. You are going to be hearing a lot of first down Kentucky calls from Carl this year during the football season. We appreciate his time. Thank you so much for listening to Uniquely Kentucky. And until next time, I'll see you on the news on WKYT.